saved, but I'm a part of the family of God. And I'm glad for all that we, we don't understand, none of us do, never will in this life, I don't think, all really that is involved in being a part of the family of God. It's more than just, and it was mentioned already in Sunday school this morning, and uh, probably will be mentioned more as the morning goes. But salvation is more than just some one-time experience that uh, got us out of hell and headed us toward heaven. It's much more than that. Salvation is a continual work in the life of the believer. Produces a relationship with God in us. And we, the writers of old, talked about it. They said, He walks with me and talks with me. Tells me I am His own. And uh, there is a, a deeper relationship and walk and life with God than the majority of those who are saved even have any idea about. And uh, we're so shallow in our church world today about the relationship that we can have with God that many of the people who are really genuinely saved do not understand and we can't, you can't really fault somebody who's never been told or never experienced what there is with God. Lord, help us in these days. There's been a lot go on this week in my life, thank God, spiritually. Some preaching I've heard that's touched me deep within and produced conviction in me about where I am and where I ought to be and that I'm not where I ought to be. And if you would admit honestly this morning, neither are you. Now I'm grateful I can say I'm not where I used to be, thank God. But we'd all have to say at the same time we're not where we could be, nor where we should be. But thank God He's working on me. And it's already been mentioned by several this morning. Great evidence of being a part of the family of God is He's working on you. If He never works on you, you can't belong to Him. It doesn't work that way. God is not a God who has a one-time experience and then says you make it best you can and I'll be back for you again someday. That's not the God I serve. And that's not the God who saved me. But He's continually molding and making me through the preaching of the Word of God and uh, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and uh, prayer and meditation on the Scripture, it all plays a part in being a part of the family of God. And I'm glad I know that this morning. And uh, it's uh, on my heart this morning to deal with that. And I'm going to try my best. I'm going to be 100% honest. I don't know what all I'll say. And I'm trembling inside, literally. Not because I'm afraid to preach. I'm not afraid because I know I've got to call him. 
And because I've got a calling, I know I've got a God who's well able to help me. And I'm grateful for that. And the atmosphere is very sober and somber in the house of God this morning. And I'm glad for that. And I did not uh, come around this morning and shake hands. And I, don't, I didn't do that because I'm upset with you or uh, mad at you in any way. But it's serious business what's on my heart this morning. And I didn't want to be, I didn't want to get my mind off track. A lot of times we do that. I, I knew what I needed to do for me to be pleasing in God and to obey Him this morning. And so if you have a copy of the Word of God and want to turn, I'll be in the book of Deuteronomy chapter number 2. Deuteronomy chapter number 2. I am grateful again to be here. And I love you. And I mean that with all my heart. If I didn't love you, I'd preach something else. I'm going to preach what I'm going to preach. Number one, because God put it on my heart. Number two, because I love you. And I want the Lord to help you, and He wants to help you. And I want us all to get help together. Deuteronomy chapter 2, let's stand for just a minute. I begin reading in verse number 1. Then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spake unto me. And we compassed Mount Seir many days. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, Ye have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward, and command thou the people, saying, Ye are to pass through the coast of your brethren, the children of Esau, which dwell in Seir. They shall be afraid of you. Take ye good heed unto yourselves, therefore. Meddle not with them, for I will not give you of their land. No, not so much as a footbreath, because I have given Mount Seir unto Esau for a possession. Ye shall buy meat of them for money that ye may eat. Ye shall also buy water of them for money that ye may drink. For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee in all the works of thy hand. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness. These forty years... The Lord thy God hath been with thee. Thou hast lacked nothing. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Now, we know, I think all of us probably, understands the context of the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is a book of remembrance of what God has done for His people. And it is a rehearsal through this man Moses unto the people of God reminding them and rehearsing them to them of the faithfulness of God up till this point. In the book of Deuteronomy, they have reached the place where Moses has understood that he will not lead them 
into the land of Canaan. Up in Deuteronomy, they have come to the place that all that generation that God swore would die in the wilderness has died. And they are going to lose Moses as the man of God. Joshua is going to take over and lead them into the land of Canaan. Deuteronomy, they have come to the place where they're wandering in the wilderness is going to be over. And they are finally, after 40 long years, going to inherit the land of Canaan. Not only is Deuteronomy a rehearsal or a remembrance of what God has done, it is a book of preparation for the people of God to follow God into all that He will lead them in the days to come. It is reminding them of God's faithfulness that when trials and troubles come in the days ahead, it will prepare them for that day on this day as Moses is reminding them of the power of God. Moses goes all the way back to the beginning in chapter 1 about their deliverance out of Egypt. How that they leave Egypt and they go to Mount Horeb. It's there at Mount Horeb where Moses goes up into the mountain. It's there where they get the law of God and the work of God in their hearts. It's there that they stay. And it seems to me like there's a theme in the first three chapters of the book of Deuteronomy which covers the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness of the people of God. God had a purpose for the people of God when He brought them out of Egypt. And His purpose was to lead them into Canaan. That was the purpose of God. And God has that same purpose for every child of God. When He brings you out of Egypt, His purpose for your life is to lead you as you follow Him into the land of Canaan. I'm not talking about heaven. I'm not talking about the light beyond here. I'm talking about on this earth, there is a Canaan for every child of God. That place where you live in close fellowship with God. That place where you are in the will of God for your life. That place where the writer wrote about hand in hand we walk each day, hand in hand along the way, walking thus I cannot stray, hand in hand with Jesus. That is Canaan on this earth. When the writer wrote the song, uh, is not this the land of Beulah? He was not talking about heaven. For he said, I'm looking down the mountain where I've wandered wasted years, often hindered on my journey by the ghosts of doubts and fears. That's what Moses is rehearsing to them. You have been hindered on this journey that God has for you to travel. In chapter 1, they spend all but 10 days of a year at Mount Horeb. 
And God speaks to Moses and says, You have been here long enough. And now they leave Horeb and they journey toward Kadesh Barnea. And we know that at Kadesh Barnea they send the spies into the land of Canaan, which God never directed them to do so, but it pleased the people and it pleased Moses. Can I stop there and say that there are times that even the man of God is going to miss the will of God for the people. And there are times that pressure is so great on the preacher that he'll miss the will of God for trying to please the people. And so Moses sends these men. Ten of them bring back an evil report. Joshua and Caleb are the only two that say we can go and possess it. And because of their report, they spend 40 years in the wilderness. Forty years in the wilderness. And my heart this morning, I don't know what all I need to say, but I'm going to try my best to follow God. And trust that He'll help us. All of us this morning. My heart is in verse number one and verse number three. The Bible said we compassed. Now they're in Kadesh Barnea. They're at Mount Seir. And they compassed it many days. Verse number 2, And the Lord spake unto me, saying, Ye have compassed this mountain long enough. The word compass means to circle about. To make a circuit. And literally what they were saying is we walked around and around and around for 38 years. Now I want to preach this morning, if God will help me, on walking around in circles. I'm preaching to some folks this morning that in your Christian life, you are walking around in circles. And the Lord has come by this morning And seeing a feeble preacher who may not be able to preach real well. But I love you this morning to tell you the Lord says you've come past this mountain long enough. It's time to turn and to head northward. To head toward God. To head toward the things God has for you. To head in the direction God had already determined when He saved you and brought you out of Egypt. To head toward the land that God has promised for you. You have walked around in circles long enough. There were a few months ago I hadn't thought about this till I was sitting there this morning on the pew and the Lord brought it to my heart. And I'm not much of a storyteller, but this is on my heart this morning. A few months ago, I was in Kentucky. It's been several months ago. I was by myself, me and Brother Jeremy, and he took me uh, uh, to an Amish feed mill. I never had been there before. And of course, uh, we know, uh, you know about Amish. They don't have no electricity or anything like that. And so, in order to grind the grain to produce the feed, they had a team of eight or ten. I can't remember how many they were horses uh, that were harnessed up to uh, these beams. And they were just caught. I got 
got a video on my phone if you want to see it after church. And all they were doing was walking around and around and around all day long, however many hours a day to power the belt that would power the crusher that was making the grain. And all them horses did was walk around and around and around. When I stood there, I was amazed at the fact that these horses were doing all this work to power this conveyor. They were moving and doing all of this by their motions. But while I sat on the pew this morning, the Lord brought all that back to my heart and he said go back in your mind and look at the horses and in my mind I went back and they all had their head down but none of them had much life at all about them it was just the same old rut and the same routine day in and day out they just come in and went through the motions they just walked around and around and around and when they come in the next day it's going to be the same as far as they were concerned is going to get hooked up and walk around and around and around. And the only way they'd ever stop from walking around is for them to break the attachment of whatever it was that had them harnessed walking around and around and around. And I'm preaching to folks this morning that you're just like them horses. Something has got its attachment on you and it's got your head down and you're walking around and around and around. And the Lord said to tell you this morning that the only way you're going to quit walking in circles is you're going to have to break the attachment out of whatever it is that's got your head bowed down and got you going around in circles. I don't know what it is this morning. I don't know if it's your comfort, if it's your comfort that's got you attached and got your head down. I believe that's part of the problem with the children of Israel. They got to a mountain out of some kind of experience and they wanted to stay there instead of going on with God they think this mountain's good enough maybe you've been somewhere in your Christian life maybe you felt the touch of God you felt the stir I'm preaching to safe folk this morning that you're genuinely saved and you've reached some mountain or some plateau in your life and you're satisfied there you got to cloud by day and the fire by night you got to quail in the manna you got water out of the rock you're in the family of God but you're walking and around and around and around yes, sir. and you got no victory in your life there's no happiness and I understand that uh, happiness depends upon our happenings but I'm talking about beyond that it doesn't make you happy to come to the house of God I'm preaching safe folk this morning you fall out with me if you want to uh, if you get in the place I guarantee them horses hated to see the day the next morning come because they knew the owner was coming and was going to harness them in the harness and they was going to walk around and around and around. Ain't no wonder people don't want to come to church if all they're going to do is walk around and around and around. 
around. But I'm telling you this morning, the Lord said it's been walking around and circles been long enough. He said, I've come this morning. I'm going to tell you something. You can't break whatever it is that's got you harnessed. But I'm going to tell you about a God. He can break whatever it is. He can break the tie that binds. That's got your head down. That's got you walking around in circles. Would you not like to come to God's house and be happy again? Would you not like to come in and have joy in your heart? Would you not like to come in and be glad to be in the house of God? I'm telling you, it can happen this morning. If you'll get it settled in your heart by the help of God, that you're tired of walking around in circles and ask God to help you break whatever it is that's got you bound and you can turn northward and head in God's direction. I want to say this morning, and I'm just going to preach how God put it on my heart. I want to say our culture. I'm just telling you exactly what the Lord told me. I've wrestled with this and wrestled with this. I wasn't wrestling about preaching it. I knew I was supposed to preach it. But I wanted to get it right. I mean, this is serious business this morning. I believe there are some of you. I'm just preaching this morning. I'm your pastor. I love you. There's nothing really special about me. It's the God I serve. But thank God He spoke in my heart and the Holy Ghost has showed me some things and I'm glad for it. I'm preaching to folks this morning that you're about this close out of giving up. You're about this close out of quitting church. You're about this close out of throwing in the towel. You're about this close from walking away. I'm talking about Shameful, and the reason you're wanting to quit is because there's no joy anymore. And the reason you're wanting to quit is you're like them horses walking with your head down in circles all the time, and you're thinking this is all there is to it. I might as well give up. But God said to tell you this morning, that ain't all there is to it. Ask God to help you break loose of whatever's got you bound and head in His direction and see if I ain't right this morning. I'm going to say our culture has got a lot of folks bound. You say, what are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about the way we view church. Has got a lot. And I'm just preaching. This is exactly what God told me to preach. And I'm going to preach it this morning. The way we view church has got us bound. We view church like it's a building. Ain't got nothing to do with the building. I was talking to a preacher and he didn't know all that was on my heart to preach. And he said, one of these days, he said, the Lord lets me. He said, I'm going to preach a message on the prettiest church i ever seen. And he said, it won't have nothing to do with brick and it won't have nothing to do with a steeple. He said, it'll have to do with everything that's going on inside the house. I'm telling you this morning, a church ain't a building. A church is not an obligation. A church is not a have to. But as long as we're bound by our culture, you can shake loose from it I know we're steeped in it in our day. But there's more to church than coming in the building. There's more to it than an obligation. There's more to it than duty. There's more to it. We preach and preach till we're blue in the face about being faithful to the house of God and people ain't being faithful and it's because there's no joy in it. We've made it all about the building. It ain't about the building. It's about the body. And we're the body of Christ. We all need one another. You say that ain't right. It is in this book. We're all members one of another. We're all put in the body together. I need you to function so I can function right. You need me 
to function so you can function right. And we all need to be yoked up with the head who is Christ. We can't do anything without him. And if we can ever overcome the building and let it be about the body again, it break us from the things that bind us in this day. And we view church so wrong we can take it or leave it. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to make a statement right here. And you may not agree with me, but I know I'm right. We are overchurched in our day. Hear me. In the wrong way. We're overchurched that we got more buildings we've ever had. More services than we've ever had. And we're so busy being a part of the church, as culture says, that we're overlooking the fact that we're part of God's church. Yeah. And church attendance has just become some routine. And we're just, exactly what I'm preaching this morning, we're just walking around in circles. We come on Sunday morning like we're expecting it, like them horses. We walk through the door, Brother Tim, and it's like we already bow our head and just put, we, we, he ain't, God ain't putting us in no harness, uh, but we're putting ourselves in it uh, and walking around uh, and around uh, and around. Uh, God help me. Uh, God help us. Uh, we can't stand here this morning. Uh, we've got a good place. Thank God for what he's given us at Gospel Way. Uh, we got good folks uh, that care one for another. Uh, but that don't mean we still can't get in the rut and in the harness and walk around and around and around because culture says just go to church and check it off your list just go to church and see everybody just go to church and make yourself feel better just go to church and ease your conscience it's not about all that but it's about coming to church because we are the church and we are the body and we need God and we need to hear from God and we need the man of God to preach to us in power of the Holy Ghost and help us shake off all the ties that bind us in this day. The church is becoming more and more conformed to the image of society rather than the image of the Son of God. We do everything the world says to do. The world comes up with something and we think it sounds good and so we run with it. And I'm just preaching this morning and I'm trying my best to follow God and I'm trying my best not to say anything He don't want me to say but I also want to say everything He wants me to say. And the reason why that the man of God is not esteemed any better than He is and not reverenced and respected and loved and wanted is because we've lost sight of the church and if we lose sight of what the church really is then we lose sight of what's going on really in the church we're not here this morning just to gather together and check it off our list or that we've been in some building and go home and feel better about ourselves but we're here this morning because we're a part of the body of Christ and in order for us to function right we need one another and we need the preach of the word of God and God puts a man of God over us and I'm not preaching this because I'm the preacher but I preach it because it's right and it's in the book we need the man of God things go wrong they want to blame the man of God 
God. Uh, Moses was gone for a few days and they never appreciated him before he went. Uh, but when he was gone, they said, we don't know what's happened to the man of God. We need somebody else. I'm going to tell you, we better appreciate uh, what God's given to us. I'm talking about the church as a whole in these days. Uh, not every preacher's a hireling. Uh, not every preacher's in it for the money. Not every preacher's in it for themselves. There's still a few men of God that are standing on the truth in the power of God uh, preaching to sinners that uh, there's a hell and a gain and a hell and a shun and the saints of God there's victory and joy and peace in this day with God. Amen. That's right. Yes, that is right. Lord help us. I know I'm preaching what I'm supposed to this morning. It don't mean it's always pleasurable. Any man of God, now there's joy in pleasing God, but any man of God that gets joy out of preaching rough to the people of God probably ain't no count no way. And they're not in the right attitude. But if I could open my heart tonight, uh, this morning let you look inside, you'd know it's broke. And if I could let you feel what I'm feeling inside, uh, that I'm shaking inside, literally vibrate because I know there's some folks here this morning that need to hear what the Word of God's trying to tell us through the help of the Holy Spirit uh, through the preacher this morning. You don't have to walk around in circles all the time anymore. That is right. And I want to say, and I'm done. Not only has our culture, and with that we could go on and talk about the condition of our society. I think that's part of the problem. People are walking around in circles. We've, we have accepted this line that somebody somewhere who is not God nor is they, nor are they of God. That is said, it just has to. There's nowhere in this book right here that says we have to live in a perilous state. There's nowhere in this book right here that says we have to settle for less than the best of what God has for us. But because people are saying, "Well, it's the last days," and you know, it just has to be this way. We've just decided that all we're going to get to do on Sundays come in and hook up in the harness and walk around in circles and we'll go back home. We'll come back on Sunday night or Wednesday night or whenever the next service that we come is and we'll hook up again and walk around in circles. God help us. I want to say this morning and I'll be done. I think the same problems that they were having are the same problems we're having. And I think they were too cautious about going with God. I think that's why we're walking around in circles. Lord, if we leave this mountain, we don't know what awaits out yonder. God already promised them that He was going to give them the land. Matter of fact, if you read through, you ought to read through the book of Deuteronomy or read the first five chapters and start taking notice where the Lord says, you're going to pass through such and such and I'm going to give you the... Before they ever got there. And He said, I'm going to give you the victory. And when you begin to pass in, He said, begin to possess. Right then. Start taking the land. Now it belongs to you. But they're at the base of Mount Seir walking round and round and round saying, Lord... 
If we leave this mountain, will we lose the quail? Will we lose the manna? I mean, we got enough to eat here. We got water coming out of the rock. Our children are happy here. They got activities here and things there. We got good houses we built here. We've got cattle here and we've got this here and that there. And if we leave here, we don't know what waits out yonder. And the Lord said, you've walked around this mountain long enough. He said, it's time for you to stop being so cautious about following me. And He said, it's time for you to trust me. He said, I brought you out of Egypt and I have brought you this far. Why would you ever think that I'll fail you the rest of the way? And I'm preaching to folks this morning that you didn't have any trouble coming to an altar and trusting God with your everlasting soul, but you're struggling inside to trust God with temporal things that in light of all eternity don't even matter anyway. If He took care of your soul and gave you a place in heaven, if He's preparing a place for you now, if He's took care of you this far, I've heard some of you that I'm preaching to this morning talk about prayers that He's answered. I've heard some of you that I'm preaching to this morning have made testimony of the things God has done for you, of things that only God could do. And yet you're in the circle this morning walking around and around and around. And you're just a little bit afraid and we're all there. We might as well be honest about what may come if we turn loose of this mountain and go somewhere we've never been but God's trying to tell you this morning just to turn loose of whatever it is and follow Him He'll take care of you the Lord said we Moses said we can pass Mount Seir many days And the Lord spake unto me and said, You've come past this mountain long enough. Turn northward. And I've tried to preach to you this morning. I know know that I preach what I'm supposed to. And I know there are people here that I love and care about. And I'm watching you. And it ain't about me anyway. It's about God. But as your pastor, see, we don't, underst- we don't even understand. And I'm not, I'm not glorifying me. You've been with me long enough to know. But He made me overseer. And I'm watching folks I love. That there's a supernatural love in me for you that God put there. It ain't from me. It's from Him. And I'm watching you Sunday in and Sunday out with your head down, walking around and around and around in circles. And I've prayed for you. And I know because of the Spirit of God telling me so that some of you are on the verge of giving up because you're tired of walking around and around and around. And the Lord's come this morning. I don't know if it's because of your comfort. I don't know if it's because of the culture. I don't know if it's because you're too cautious. I don't know what it is. But the Lord does and you do. 
You're not having to search your soul this morning to figure out why you're where you are. The Lord and you already know. And the Lord said, if you want victory, it's time to quit circling this mountain and to turn toward me. You've come past this mountain. you walked around in circles long enough. It's time to break loose and to follow God. I'm done this morning. Let's stand.